Every great champion knows that success, overcoming, and winning in life is no accident. Creating individual success is like having a recipe for a great meal. It only works if you know how to use the ingredients. As a best-selling author, entrepreneur, business coach, strategist, and champion, the Lewis Howard Live Show provides you the insider's view on winning. All we do is win, 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 helping you become the best version of yourself. Hey, yes, indeed. Welcome to another edition of Lewis Howard Live Inspirational Recipes for the Soul. We are live at Mob Studio in Seattle. And whether you're joining us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, some of you are watching the show later. We appreciate you investing the time, and I believe today will be worth your time because I've done a lot of shows. Uh, this is uh, show number 540-something, and I've been doing it since 2009, and I've interviewed CEOs, entrepreneurs, past athletes, present athletes, famous, not-so-famous, and uh, I think tonight's probably one of the most exciting just because of the uh, just the enormity of what we're going to talk about and uh, and the individual that, that's going to be on because I like him and this is just a cool conversation because this really is, the show is called Mountains and Mindset, right? Because we're going to talk about climbing a big-ass mountain and what mindset will that take for you to do that. So we are excited tonight to welcome to Lewis Howard Live, Malcolm Alexander. Welcome to the show, Malcolm. Lewis, great to be here. Hey, I'm glad to have you on. I know we've been trying to do this, and uh, um, I, I, as I was saying off the record, I've kind of labeled you as the adventurous because you're always up to something and doing some fun stuff, and uh, we're going to talk about one of your big adventures, but maybe uh, introduce yourself a little bit to the audience and tell them a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do, and uh, some of the things you're involved in. Okay, originally I grew up in Australia, country boy, Okay. and uh, joined the military. Wow. Yeah, four-year degree like West Point yeah. in Australia and ended up in Special Forces for wow. the best part of 13 years. Okay, wow. So that gave me a background in carrying a pack and being outside, and I never thought I'd get back on a mountain doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, you know, I have friends that, you know, we've known each other for years, but we really never talked about background. So I'm like, oh, you see, you learn something new every day, right? And, and then I came to the, st the U.S., a yeah. uh, number of jobs, and I started a business yeah. and started making bobblehead dolls. Bobbleheads. And they became popular. Wow. So one in four people in America have one of the ones I made. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on Lewis Howard Live. The king of bobbleheads is right here. Look at that. We didn't know. Now we not only have mountains, adventures, and we have bobbleheads. <laughs> one thing moves to another. Yeah, and, that's exciting. Uh, I'd always life, yeah. whether it was in Australia or in the outback or New Zealand and the yeah. South Island. Yeah. But after I sold the bobblehead doll business, I had time. Yeah. And yeah. so I was able to take up a passion I really enjoyed, and that was hiking. Right, right. And I started looking around the world to find out where can I hike, and they all okay. seemed to have a mountain at the back end of them. Sure, sure. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I went on one trip, and I thought that was yeah. reasonably good and adventurous, yeah. and I planned the next one. It was a, a little ad hoc. Yeah. And my daughter said, are you climbing the seven summits? I said, well, I hadn't thought of it. Right, but, right. And before I could finish anything, she says, well, I think Mount Everest might be a bit dangerous. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want you to do that. Yeah. So I made up my own list. 
of what you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. six point six. Yeah. So I decided yeah. to climb the sixth highest, six highest mountains in six continents. Yeah. And the sixth tallest mountain in the world, which happens to be right near Everest, but it's okay. in Tibet. Ah. So I I travelled to this mountain. It's only two and a half thousand feet lower than Everest. Yeah. Yeah. And during that time, the guide had Facebook and posts every night. Right. So my daughter followed along. Okay. And I got to the top and yeah. I'm looking at Everest and I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. I, yeah. I think I could do that. Yeah, I yeah. came home. I waited about a week. I called her and I said, you know, I have a question for you. She said, yeah. you want to climb Everest now? I said, yeah. She said, totally yeah. fine. Because she went oh, on the climb with me before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, now, so let's talk again. So in Australia now, isn't the back, you know, the back is really rough. You know, the, if you're going to go out in the back country of Australia, you need to be really prepared just in doing that, right? Because it's pretty. You do. Some of the roads that you see on the maps are just dirt roads. Yeah. The dots you see as towns aren't yeah. towns. They're just a creek crossing. Yeah. So four-wheel driving or planning an expedition yeah. in the outback, you've got to be prepared. Yeah, that's what it's called, the outback. That's yeah. what I was trying to get to the word, the outback. Not the restaurant, folks. Just the, No, this is the yeah, outback it, of Australia. Yeah. So what was, uh, like, the first time you thought about just climbing a mountain, what was the inspiration for it? Just to do it? Was it part of a life passion? Was it What really got in your head to say? It, it was the unknowing. Yeah. Uh, I was in the military and going through college, there was the Army Alpine Association. Okay. And I joined that and they said, we're going to New Zealand this year right. to climb in the Southern Alps. And I thought, okay. I've never been to New Zealand. I'll go right. along and do some climbing. Sure, sure. And in the midst of that, I enjoyed the mountains. Yeah. I, I liked the expedition, the lifestyle, the camaraderie that yeah. you develop. Yeah. Yeah, and I bet you met some fascinating people, right? Just Just going along in that... Uh, an adventure as well, right? It's an adventure and it's a sport yeah. and it's something that you have to plan for. Sure. And, and sure. so I've seen plenty of mistakes yeah. and errors uh, yeah. along the way, but the people that you meet are into the outdoors, they're right. fit, they enjoy pushing sure. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that excites me about just, you know, in talking, we'll get to Mount Everest here, is just when you're building something, you, you got to start with a base. Right. Like you said, you kind of start with the hiking. And I think one of the things I see in the Western world is everybody just wants to summit. Right. Nobody wants to do the preparation. And and we're going to ask about that. But it just seems like people just want to go straight to the top. They miss the journey. Yeah. They they Mm. miss the the steps that you have to take. Yeah. Going to base camp. Fortunately, it's yeah. at 17,500 feet, yeah. and you can't fly there because you're not acclimatized. Wow. You actually have to walk in for almost two weeks. Really? So you can't so, just get up there? And... So on the way, you're staying in tea houses, you're talking wow. to the Sherpa people, you're getting a real feel yeah. for the adventure and the expedition. Yeah. So let's talk about the Sherpa people, because that's like something most Americans would not be familiar with. What, what's kind of, what's their origination? Are they just indigenous to the land? What's, what's their history? Well, Nepal shares a border with China okay. and, and Tibet. So okay. within that region, you'll find the Sherpa people generally about nine, ten thousand 10,000 feet high okay. is where they live. Seriously? Yeah. So they're not at ground. They're up? They're, they're up high. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So living in the villages, it's a harsh environment. Yeah. So if we think of like, I, I know this, Nick, like 
Colorado, they say it's a mile high, right? So it's 5,280 feet, some plus or minus, right? High. So you're saying 5,000 feet higher than that? Yes. So that. Holy shiitake. Yeah. yeah. Naturally, there's ones that live lower down the mountain, well, sure, but, but, but some of the more traditional villages are quite yeah, high. That's amazing. Yeah. See, these are just things that, you know, we don't think about in our Western world, right? Because we're just like, you get, a, you get an image of something, but not the reality. Right, so I think one of the things, if you're just joining us, we are uh, here with Malcolm Alexander. We're talking about, first of all, just some of his adventures and things that he's been a part of, but uh, really just, um, you know, I've already picked up a couple of thoughts, just, you know, thinking about something and planning it and then where you began, and then also just the, the part of living the journey. I, I love that piece of it, right, already. I could end the show probably on that, right? Just appreciate, I think people have forgotten to appreciate the journey, even though it's, it's not fun always. Um, people throw up. <laughs> people get left out. You know, it's painful, right? But it's the journey of life, isn't it? It's, it, yeah. it, it is. It's the moments. It, it, yeah. It's seeing what's around you, the, the simple things. Yeah. W- whether it's stopping in a tea house right. and talking to someone who's making some tea. What's, right. what's their life? What, what have yeah, they yeah. enjoyed? What, what yeah. do they find yeah. nourishing to their soul? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did they embrace you very easily or was that, did you have to build trust with them? How did that, how did that come about? Oh, that was easy. Really? Oh, the, the, the Sherpas that I've met are very friendly, welcoming and excited to talk to you and be with you and to participate in the expedition with you. Okay. Uh, This is their job. This is how they can. So this is their tourists. They're, they're, you know, their thing, right? This is their thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'm dying to get into Mount Everest. I'm trying to reserve that because I, you know, I got a million questions about that. But um, what's the preparation? Just how long? I mean, what, what are we talking about? A year? Nine preparation. Uh, I climbed mountains around the world for the best part of two years before I climbed Everest. Okay. Uh, thinking that you could actually just decide to climb Everest without the preparation beforehand, or climbing okay. a equally tall mountain to get right. an idea of how the gear works, yeah. how the team works, how you operate right. for weeks away, uh, really underestimates the challenges. Yeah. You, you, you have yeah. to be pretty focused. Yeah. Did it change you as a person? Did you come out after you did that? Do you feel like you're a different individual? Like, you know, it made a... me aware of what I enjoy. Okay. Yeah. A- and the, the small group dynamic, yeah. uh, not everyone has a good day every day. Yeah. And, and yeah. when you're in a group like that, you've got to support those people. Yeah. yeah. W- w- whether it's by joking around sure. with them or, or pulling them through. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably be like Bill Murray in the movie Scrooge, you know, and when he figured out he survived and he's yelling, I'm alive, <laughs> I'm alive. Right. That's probably what, what, uh, what I would think. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into. Uh, Malcolm's Adventure. We're going to talk a little bit about the mountain because I think you need to get a perspective on Mount Everest itself. And then we'll talk about his adventure. And we actually got some video. So you want to stay tuned. You have watched Lewis Howard Live. And we're talking about mountains and mindset, climbing of Mount Everest. And our guest, uh, Malcolm Alexander, in the studio with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this quick break.
services. The Millionaire Club provides job training and licensing to help workers become qualified and job ready. From nutritious meals and sack lunches to housing assistance to stabilize their lives. Despite its name, the donors to the Millionaire Club are ordinary citizens with a desire and passion to help fellow citizens overcome the barriers of employment and housing. For more information, call 206-728-JOBS or go to millionaireclub.org. But not now. Okay, got it. Hey, we're back. Hey, this is Lewis Hour Live. Thank you for joining us. And hey, don't forget, you can get uh, the shows after we're done. We're live. But you can always catch the shows on YouTube. If you go to Lewis Howard Live, Inspirational Recipes for the Soul, you can get us there. As well as uh, the audio versions, we are uh, uploaded on Blog Talk Radio. and We're on 15 platforms around the world. And as well as if you follow my Facebook page. So we make it fairly well to, to, to see live, but also uh, so you can share it. I think part of the best part, we have over 100,000 downloads of the show over the years. And part of that is people sharing with people. You can MP for it, uh, video it, just get it. And I think a show like tonight, you definitely want to get it to anybody, especially, especially children, entrepreneurs, people that are launching on a big adventure in, in life. I think it's just awesome. By the way, don't forget, we have the new book, Amazon Books, uh, Living Up in a Down World, Staying Steady in Unsteady Times. And uh, we're coming through this pandemic, but we are still a long ways off. Everybody's talking about vaccine, and, and that's the new conversation, which is great because it ain't the old conversation, you know, of, of some of the stuff that was going on in the early phase of it. But I wrote the book based on that. So you can get it on Amazon Books. Uh, you can Google Lewis Howard Live and it'll come up on the Amazon Books. All right. So we're continuing the conversation with Malcolm about um, mountains and mindset. So, you know, I didn't realize you had climbed several of the mountains. So that's also awesome, too, that you 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 had kind of built up to sort of this, this, this big moment, right? So how many, how many did you say you climbed before you did well, that? Well, uh, I climbed the six tallest mountains and six continents, okay. plus the six tallest, okay. plus some others. Okay. So and it was that, okay, and that was based on your list, like you had made this sort of yeah, list. Yeah, well, there, of there's you... a list of the seven summits. Okay. So okay. I think I'm 460th person to climb the seven summits. 460? Yeah. Wow. Is, is Guinness looking for you? You got. I don't it. think so. That's way down the list. Is, is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Everest, right? So this is uh, one of the tallest peaks in the world. Is that? Is that? I the tallest. The tallest. So it's the tallest peak in the world, and it is uh, what's its, its elevation of twenty nine thousand feet. Uh, give me a how big? What, what's the retrospect of that? What would be a comparison? Is that a, like a building? How tall of a building would that be? Would that be? The, the, you've got miles. Miles. Yeah. Just miles of. Okay, so there's not it, even. It, it's a, massive. Yeah, so there's not even a comparison. It's like the Empire, because you would say, yeah, it's like the Empire State Building or something like that, but this is just too big to even have uh, that kind of perspective. When you approach base camp, you're going up a valley and you see the mountains on the side. Right. And in any other country in the world, they'd be the tallest mountain in that country. Yeah. But wow. you just have peak after peak just, after peak. Wow. So explain to our listeners, what is base camp? So, Base camp is at 17,500 feet. Okay. And this is where the climbers and the Sherpas get to and then start acclimatizing. Okay. At 17,500 feet, oh, just to give you a, an idea, my normal resting heart rate is between about 48 to 52. Okay. At base camp, my resting heart rate is about 80 to 85. 80, wow. That's the impact of altitude. And because and the air is thinner, right? So we got the, the air is thinner. Okay. And base camp is at 
uh, a bend in a glacier, glacier called the Kumbu Icefall. Yeah. And it's the highest point that's safe to actually have a camp right. to prepare for the summit. Right. So it's the stepping off point to climbing. Yeah. Up till then, you can just hike up to base camp. Yeah. And a lot of people do. You've heard people trekking up to base camp at Everest. Yeah. And this is where you finish the trek, yeah. at base camp. Wow. For climbing, this is where you start the climb. Okay, so here's a principal takeaway for entrepreneurs out there. I just heard him say this. So the principal takeaway is the higher you go in life, the thinner the air gets. you got to breathe differently. And what I mean by that, like you may start out, you know, like as a one-man band, and all of a sudden you're running a company, you got 500 employees, you're going to be breathing differently at that level because you got a whole nother level of responsibilities. I, le- I learned that saying came to me many years ago, you know, learn how to breathe differently as you go up, right? You, you have to adjust so it becomes normal. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you first yeah. get there, you're gasping, yeah. you, you're sort of going to eat a meal, everything's hard right. to do. Yeah. After a few weeks at base camp and in life, yeah. when, when you change that altitude and get right. used to it, then things become normal again. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you ask certain people, you'll say, well, my God, how can you run seven companies or how can you do, you know, work 15 hours a day? Well, they probably couldn't do that that well at first, but they got acclimated to it. And now it's like, it's no big deal. Overnight success is a long time. Yeah, overnight. That's right. <laughs> overnight. I heard somebody say, yeah, I'm an overnight success. I was 20 years in the making. Right? That's, that's it. It's a long night. So, so uh, let's talk about the gear, okay? So we have base camp. How much gear, Malcolm, do you got to carry just to cover yourself? Is it in stages or do you it, it, It's in stages and you've got the support of the Sherpa people. Okay. So they've got yaks and zoos, which is a smaller animal than a yak that'll carry a lot of the equipment up to base camp. Okay. But from then on, you, at base camp, you maybe have a sleeping bag that works to minus 20. Minus 20. And then as you go higher up the mountain, you have a sleeping bag that works to minus 40. So wow. you need two different sleeping bags. Uh, the boots that you wear from base camp onwards are double insulated mountain boots. Okay. Uh, specifically designed for being above 25,000 feet. Wow. Uh, and I wore a down suit on summit day. Yeah. So that, that's... Uh, the only place I know I can wear that really is, is yeah. up there, yeah. So more on the history of uh, Mount Everest. In 1953, uh, there was a group, uh, uh, and I studied a, a little bit about uh, this gentleman, Sir Edmund Hillary, uh, took a group up, and uh, I guess he went up after uh, groups had gone up before him and yes. had fell, and the mountain just consumed them. And uh, did you study any of that part of it? Was that any of that history? Part of climbing and in, in the 50s and before, and I- I- even to more recent times, the expedition is the group of people trying to get one or two people to the top. Okay. So uh, the British expedition that Hillary was part of, yeah. he was on top with uh, Tenzing, okay. as the Sherpa. Yes. A- and it's really the entire group was able to project them to the top. Seriously. Being able to carry the supplies up, right. to have the oxygen in place, yeah. uh, to establish all the different base camps, yeah. isn't just done by one or two people. It's, right. it's not physically possible. Yeah. So you need the largest support yeah. of, of that community yeah. to get you into the position to climb to the top. Yeah, it's said that uh, Sir Edmund Hillary had a big picture of uh, Mount Everest on a wall. He got every, everybody in a room 
and he started talking to the mountain. And he says, we're going to beat you. You've beat us, and you've, you know, taken all these people. And literally, it was this big motivation speech before they, you know, went out and obviously, in, you know, 1953 and, and successfully climbed it. I mean... It, when I first started climbing in New Zealand on the South Island... Yeah. I stood on the top of a mountain, and someone explained where Edmund Hillary had climbed and right. hiked in one day wow. and pointed out the enormity of yeah. what he was able to achieve. Wow. The strength... Yeah. And ability of the person was yeah. mind-boggling. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating uh, thing just to even think about um, the preparation. So before you even get to a base camp, how much preparation? Is it a year prep or how much it, just training? Tra- training for sure. Yeah. For me, it was uh, because I was hiking the diff- and climbing the different mountains, that preparation was ongoing. Okay. But for someone who wants to climb Everest, it's, it's really uh, an endeavor that takes more than a year. Yeah. to get ready for that. So a whole year just... Con- well, e- even trying the equipment, getting right. used to the boots, the crampons, mm-hmm. uh, the oxygen equipment. The last place you want to be is on the side of Everest learning how to use some equipment. Yeah. You, you need yeah. to do that beforehand to, right. clear, right. to clear your mind. Yeah. You, you need not to be confronted with a challenge right. of equipment at a time where you're challenged right. by other things. Yeah. So with the beauty of this being that it doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, what, what your race, creed, color, wherever you come from in life, if you're going to climb that mountain, it's your preparation. It's your preparation. It's you. Yeah. The, yeah. There's no one going to hold your hand on the way up there. Yeah. And towards the top, if there's a mistake, it's all you. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, again, another life lesson there, I'm just pulling these life lessons out of what you're saying is that I think we have to get to a place in in our lives where it, it really is about you. You know, it's it's about your mindset and what you're doing. It's not about what your party affiliation is or where you grew up or anything like that. I think we make that that gets too much in our head. But when you when you are in a place where your very life may depend on your outcome, you don't have time to uh, hear footsteps, right? You got to be focused. You have time for leadership. Yeah, and yeah. the first uh, person you have to lead on the mountain is yourself. Is yourself. Yeah, you have to yeah. be prepared. You have yeah. to be organized, and you have to be part of the team that's reliable. Yeah, yeah. What did you see in people? I'm curious what you saw. Like as you guys were climbing, and you know, you're not people. People are great. Uh, they start out great, right? Everybody's like, "Yeah, let's go. We're gonna climb Everest." And what, what what are some of the things you observed in people as you guys started to get into sort of the rough? You, you, you saw that enthusiasm being held in check a little bit more. Was <laughs> everyone had their humbling moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a day that everyone has that says, wow, that was hard. Yeah. I had an experience that took a little bit of time to catch up with me. Okay. But I was climbing the Lotsey face, which is a few... It's 3,000 feet of ice. Okay. And it's about 65 degrees. Okay. And we were just on the face and there was a whoosh. And I thought someone had dropped a backpack okay. that just missed us. Right. It was actually a Sherpa that fell past us, and he'd fallen 2,000 feet. Wow. Past it. He missed us by three feet. Wow. He went over a cliff and landed 100 yards further down the mountain in a crevasse. Oh, you can. Wow. And we thought, wow. And the guide we were with said, oh, he better go and see. He was a first responder to see if he could help. Yeah. By the time he got down there, the Sherpa sat up. Oh, really? He'd fallen 2,500 feet oh. past us and survived. Are he had you su- serious? He had some bruised ribs and was flown back to Kathmandu 
and was out of hospital in five days. Wow, that, that's pretty amazing. But right. what took a little bit to come home to us was yeah, yeah. he missed us by three feet. So he would have fallen into you guys and, and, and you guys would have gone. And the velocity he was going. Holy smokes. So there were two of us on the mountain and we yeah. looked at each other and I, I said, I, I think our climbing for the day has come to a natural conclusion. Yeah. And yeah. the other guy was like, I think so. So we went back down. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Uh, so we got some video. You, you, you brought us some video. Uh, and uh, uh, I'd like to have you just kind of walk through maybe our listeners and tell them what they're seeing because it's it's so massive right just so what you're so, seeing and so the interesting thing on the video is base camp yeah. everyone hears about base camp right but if you walked from the start of it to the end of it it's about 45 minutes really to walk through just base, base camp just base camp oh, so wow. each group in base camp wants to be a discrete entity so okay. each group has their own kitchen yeah and each group has where the sherpas stay okay so base camp is a conglomerate of expeditions right and with, before COVID, people kept apart from each other anyway. Right. Because okay. of uh, throat yeah. and yeah. sort of viral problems. Okay, I think our team has got the video up. Uh, let's see if, uh, there we go. So we'll just kind of see what we're looking at here. He's got the logo up. We'll uh, see if we can get, the, there we go. All right, so, so what are we seeing here? We're seeing, we're seeing individual tents. Okay. The larger ones might be a dining tent. Okay. So you've got a, a communal area. Okay. Base camp itself is on a glacier. So all the rocks you can see are just on top of ice. So the whole That's thing is... on top of ice. This is moving. Okay. The whole thing is moving. Wow. And so you get an idea of how the tents are arranged on the moraine wall. And you can see the discrete organization yeah. by the color of the tents. So right. every one of those is a different expedition. Wow, how many it, expeditions go up there at one time? Is it like hundreds? Or? Well, you might have, well, uh, each year there's normally about 400 climbers have permits. Okay. And an expedition may have 20 climbers at the most. So okay. you can do the math backwards on that. Wow. That's pretty, pretty, that's a lot of people. That, that's a lot of people. So there's yeah. the food for that. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, the glacier's moving. The glacier that we're near moves a couple of feet a day. Wow. Wow. That's pretty, that's just massive. I mean, I didn't, I've never had any concept that that was that big. Yeah, we always hear about it on TV, yeah. at base camp, there's something, but it's, it's huge. Yeah. Because you've got medical facilities, yeah. you, you have to have the support of all the Sherpa organizations, right. the transportation. Yeah. 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 So uh, tell us about the day, like the day you, you guys got to where you were close to summit. Um, how, what, what was like that? What was going through your mind? And, and well, we left from well, – I'll, I'll step back a little bit. Okay. To get to the launch point for the summit, you go from base camp, and there are four camps that you have to go through up the mountain to position okay. yourself. Okay. And each one of those has its own unique challenge. Yeah. So mentally – you're getting a little bit tired right. of that. Okay. And once you get up to Camp 4, you're in the death zone. Okay. This is where you're existing. The death zone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, humans can't exist there. You're on oxygen. Wow. And, and you're actually, your body is deteriorating. And as you're higher up the mountain, you don't process foods and fats and proteins the same way. So wow. the energy that you're consuming, you're not able to replenish. Seriously, so yeah. it's just so you're yeah okay so you're you are deteriorating you're, right because your body is not 
And, and while I was at Camp 4, I was on oxygen the whole time. Yeah. But getting ready for the summit day. And summit day was starting at 9 o'clock at night. At night. At night. So, and we went, I, I was on the summit at about 8 in the morning. Yeah. And I didn't get back to the camp till 2 that afternoon. Okay. And during that time, I think the calculation's about 25,000 calories right. that you consume. And you come back dehydrated because right. it's very hard to drink enough water to support yeah. during that time. Yeah. Partway through the night, I looked up uh, on the face that we were climbing and I thought, oh, look at those stars. Yeah. And after a while, I looked again and I thought, oh, they're headlamps uh, oh. of other people already hours ahead of me. Oh, serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was a, a moment a little bit depressing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's stars, not those people. Yeah, that's a long way to go up to the stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was your biggest moment? What, what stands out to you most, like your biggest moment, biggest day when you were doing that? The, the, the interesting thing is it wasn't the moment on the summit. Okay. I, I was at the summit for about 20 minutes. Right. And then I came down, and the Sherpa I climbed with, I climbed with in Tibet. Okay. So we were friends beforehand. Okay. And really part of the connection of this uh, conversation was he, he just summited Everest for the 25th time. 25 times. So he's the world record holder. So wow. I was in good hands. 25 times, folks. Okay. 25 times up 29,000 feet. That's crazy. Wow. He, he's an incredible climber, strong, yeah. uh, really supported me the whole way up. So my most memorable moment yeah. was almost back at, base, at, at Camp 4, yeah. and he said to stop. And we hmm. sat on some ice, okay. and he pulled out an energy drink from his pocket, shared the drink with me, put his hand on my knee, and said, just look where we are. Wow. And, and this, from that point yeah. to Camp 4, was safe. Yeah. So we'd con concluded the dangerous part right. of, of the summit attempt. So the moment yeah. was just the two of us taking in the view yeah. and realizing things were good. Right. Uh, did you ever think about quitting? Was there ever, fuck, out of here, get out of here? You know? No. Never? Never. No. Okay. So just, okay. Um, and did it? Like when you said, I, okay, you started out with, what, nine people and then... Uh, there were some injuries okay. and, and so only four of the climbers went up onto the summit. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, and nobody perished in your particular no. group? Okay, okay. Because that was one of the horror stories that we've heard, you know, just uh, I think one year the amount of number of people that had perished on the mountain. The year I was there, there were 11 people uh, passed away during the two-month period. Wow. So, um, and that was, yeah, so you only hear about the negative, of course, that, you know, get around, oh, my God, all these people dying on my Everest, right? But, um, but you said there's roughly 400 people mm -hmm. with permits to climb a year. Yes. And do they all, what percentage summits, do you think? I think 30%, 40% summit. Okay. That, that's sort of, yeah. it, it could be due to weather. Yeah. I just had a friend who was on Everest who was at yeah. Camp 4 and had to turn around and come yeah. back because of the weather condition. Right. I would consider when, if I could just get to base camp. <laughs> I was at base, I would just get a t-shirt, so I was at base camp, you know, at Summit, you know, but uh, no, that's, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, we'll see, we'll uh, take a quick break one more time, and uh, then we'll come back. What I want to really do is just uh, share with the audience just uh, kind of the mindset piece, right, of what, 
what you know kind of mindset does an individual need you know in, in life and 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 climbing mountains that you've learned that you could share with you know someone out there maybe starting a business someone out there that's you know we're coming through this pandemic you know in ways we're, we're climbing mountains um uh, people are dealing with illnesses, sickness, you know, kinds of things. So I think there's a lot of mountains that people have in their lives every day. And I think that this was a great metaphor for that because you actually did this. And uh, I, I just want to hear some of the, you know, the takeaways and life stories that, uh, that you know, you'd be able to share. So we'll take a quick uh, commercial break and then we'll come back and uh, wrap up with Malcolm Alexander. Stay with us. And uh, I didn't have time. We may try to get some of the chats, and I forgot to set that up, so I apologize if you are chatting. But uh, just go ahead and send them, and uh, we may try to get you uh, email replies. This is Lewis Howard Live. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a quick word. The Millionaire Club Charity is one of Seattle's oldest existing charities. In addition to job placement and employment services, the Millionaire Club provides job training and licensing to help workers become qualified and job ready, from nutritious meals and sack lunches to housing assistance to stabilize their lives. Despite its name, the donors to the Millionaire Club are ordinary citizens with a desire and passion to help fellow citizens overcome the barriers of employment and housing. For more information, call 206-728-JOBS or go to millionaireclub.org. Hey, this is Lewis Howard. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you've stayed with the conversation because it has been interesting um, uh, learning more about Everest, learning more about... You know, I forgot to ask now, so where is Everest now? Everest is located where? It's on the border of Nepal and China. Nepal and China, okay. The, the border actually runs through the summit. Oh, it does? Yeah. Of Nepal just runs through? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The China, actually Tibet. Tibet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's just been great having that conversation. And so uh, I want to wrap up, Malcolm, on mindset because I want our audience to have some takeaways. Most of them are not going to go out and climb Mount Everest. Okay. So we can forget about that. Uh, but they're going to climb mountains every day in their life, right? They're going to have something that is bigger, stronger, more powerful than them that they're going to have to face. And I think in many ways, what you've talked about tonight is some of the things that people I think need on a daily basis. So um, just share some of the takeaways you think that you learned that you could apply like in your own life after you came down, whether it's in business or personal life, you know, just after doing that and knowing all of the, you know, the process that you had to go through. I, I think the part that I feel passionate about is that this, you, you can do things you don't realize you can do. Mm. I, I look at someone else who's climbing or someone else is doing something in life. And I thought, well, they can do it. I, I can give it a good sure. go. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and with, as I said, with preparation, yeah. uh, I, I think the possibilities are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when I was climbing on the South Island of New Zealand, I didn't think I could climb Everest. Yeah, yeah. When I started climbing the Seven Summits, I was doing one and seeing if another would work. Right. And, and I developed confidence... Sure. But I saw other people who had done that, and I looked at them, and I felt I could do the same thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think the sort of limitations people put on themselves sure. need to be pushed out. Yeah. You, you yeah. can grow the possibilities. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's a big point. I think number one is that, that preparation piece. Like how much time do we put into something that we want to we wanna win at? Because I talk to a lot of people that want to beat things, but I don't see the preparation. 
Right. I hear uh, the words, well, but I don't hear the... Fr from climbing the mountain, I've seen a lot of books on Everest, and yeah. most of the books have lack of preparation causing the, the troubles that they had during the book. Yeah. Uh, and from having been there, you could say you should have done this beforehand. Exactly. So the yeah. preparation yeah. keeps you out of being in that book sure. in many ways. Sure, sure. Yeah. And for some reason, especially us Westerners, we don't like to prepare. We, like we're cowboys. We just want to go out to the gunfight and win. Right? Yeah, the, this is not like booking a cruise. Right. <laughs> if you're climbing a mountain, the ship doesn't pull into yeah. seven ports on schedule. Yeah. Yeah. You, you determine where you can be, so you've got to yeah. do more. Yeah, and I feel like, I, not today, I try to stay out in a political conversation show, but I feel like a little bit is our government's uh, fault because they, they, they try to do too much for people. Right? They try to make everything like an easy button. You know, vote for me and I'll set you free. Vote for me and you won't have to do this. Vote for me and I'll... And I think that takes out... And I think these little devices don't help either. Um, because you can click on something and think you did it, but you didn't, you didn't do it, you know. Ha having a selfie on the side of the mountain or climbing safely are two different things. Right, <laughs> right, right. And I think, you know, that's a good point is that it's not just about the image of it, right? It's about the reality of it. You can't simulate that, right? Well, and it comes back to what I was talking about as part of the journey. Yeah. And the aesthetics of that and missing the moment that yeah. you're in. Yeah. You know, and I think that is a good point is that, you know, I know a lot of wealthy individuals, you know, people that will never want for money in their life, but they are some of the most unhappiest individuals that you want to meet. And I think it's because somewhere they stop enjoying the journey. Right. It just the, the money was the score and and the life is not, you know, like a lot of them are on their second or third marriages. A lot of them don't have good relationship with their kids, you know, and a lot of them don't even have a lot of friends. You think yep. that, you know, that a lot of them would because they're billion. No, they don't have a lot of friends, you know. So to me, that's missing out on the journey piece it, of it. It is. As I said, sitting yeah. on the side of the mountain with. Yeah. The Sherpa that I climbed the mountain with and him just saying, take it in. Yeah. He yeah. was more aware of that than I was, yeah. but it was the moment. Yeah. Yeah, because th that really is what we talk about a lot, the moment, you know, the moment, the moment we did that, the, you know, um, great moments in life, you know, where you're there. And I always remember that, you know, when your kid was born or certain things, that was really more important, right, just that, that moment. And I think we've lost you know, a little bit of that. Uh, any other, I know we talked about preparation, we talked about confidence, we talked about focus, planning certainly, right? Planning, yeah, planning. and the team that you're with. Team, people, the, okay, the, that, yeah. That's the people. I mean, you, you can talk about an entrepreneur that has 500 people. Right. Well, he needs part of the team to be successful. Yeah. He's not successful yeah. without the rest of the team. Yeah. And, and that's, the climbing was to get the person in position to get to the summit. This, to is, get a, to it, yeah. this is a team endeavor. Yeah. See, that's, that's amazing because, like, okay, they have a team, but all these people are not going to the top. They're there to support one or two people to go there. They're excited to support yeah, the so people. That's, that's amazing, uh, right? And I think, again, I think it's one of those lost arts of uh, everybody goes into some, what's in it for me, right? What am I going to get out of it? Who's going to go all the way up a freaking mountain, right? <laughs> Base camp, what did you say, minus 20, minus yeah. 40 freaking degrees, all these change of clothes just to, just to cheer somebody else on to get up there. Yeah, the, the, this is part of the expedition. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and, cool. And that's, 
That's like a company. It's like yeah. growing a company. Not yeah. everyone can be the CEO, yeah. but people have to be able to be in place to support, to put that person yeah. there to succeed. Are you going to do it again? One's good. Yeah, one's good. <laughs> <laughs> one's good. I'll climb other mountains yeah. and I've got other trips planned. Yeah. I, I really yeah. do like that, yeah. but another one on the top of Everest, no. Yeah. Well, you've put it in my mind. I am going to, I'm going to make it a life mission. I'm going to go climb. I would love to do like Mount Rainier. I had an opportunity to do it. I didn't do it. Um, but I, I'm going to, you know, maybe climb a little, you know, something small. Oh, I can take say. you around here. No problems. Yeah, I bet you could. And, uh, I, but I'd have to get in shape. I mean, I, you know, beer and chips probably wouldn't put me in shape to do this. I probably have to spend some time getting, uh, getting ready, getting prepared. And, uh, uh, so, uh, I always asked uh, any thoughts for, Anybody that's like in startup mode, entrepreneur, maybe facing a big challenge um, as you kind of looked at the mountain, is there a takeaway that you can say, hey, focus on this? I know we talk about the journey, preparation. Is there anything else like for our listeners out there to think about? I mean, they're not going to talk to a lot of people that's climbed a mountain. I mean, you're going to be a rare, it's just a rare kind of tree for a lot of our listeners to be able just to have that conversation, get the insight. So don't get intimidated by the mountain. Yeah. You get to base mm. camp first, you get to camp one, camp two. Yeah. It's a gradual thing. Yeah. Uh, break it down into pieces that work. Sure, yeah. That, that's in business, that I works. Climbing a mountain, that works. I love it. You know, you so, should... so many people get intimidated yeah. by the sheer scale of what they should sure. be going to do. Yeah. And you have to step back and say, well, tomorrow, this is all I have to do. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thought because, yeah, if you try to look at it in its totality it's overwhelming right if i just say we're going to climb a twenty-nine thousand foot peak you know and you like you said just the, the enormity of this thing i mean it is you know you can't even capture this thing on one screen really yeah. i mean i see the images that i was googling you know you can't really capture this thing you can capture maybe the peak of it but the, that's deceptive when you start to see really the enormity but when you break it down to Step by step. You know, my favorite thing is crawl, walk, run, right? You got to yep, step that's, by step. That's absolutely it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Malcolm, it's a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, what's next? You got any adventures planned next? Or are you just... Uh... Oh, kite surfing. Kite surfing. <laughs> yes. Kite surf. Okay, what? Kite surf. I've started kite surfing. I enjoy it. Yeah. Warm water. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, you'll have to uh, come back and uh, give us some video on that. Shoot. We'll just, we'll just follow you. I'll live vicariously <laughs> through your ventures. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. You've joined us live on Facebook and uh, YouTube. And, of course, uh, the show will be available so you can get it. And uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, tell a friend. Share. Sharing is caring. And we appreciate you uh, staying with us. And we'll continue to have fresh content. And our goal is to help you become the best version of yourself. So, again, you can go to Lewis Howard Live, Lewis Howard uh, uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram. We have all of those there as well. You can keep up and give us your thoughts on the show. We appreciate it. We want to keep them coming. And our goal is to help you become the best version of yourself. We'll see you again on another episode of Lewis Howard Live. I love to inspire people. We'll see you soon. Every great champion knows that success, overcoming and winning in life is no accident. Creating individual success is like having a recipe for a great meal. It only works if you know how to use the ingredients. As a best-selling author, entrepreneur, business coach, strategist, and champion, the Lewis Howard Live Show provides you the insider's view on winning. All we do is win, 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 helping you become the best version of yourself.